Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. Well, a very good morning to you. It is an absolute joy to be here with you on this Pentecost Sunday morning, and I'm sure you'll all be very surprised to hear that that's exactly what we're going to be talking about this morning. So we're going to be having some time to reflect on and celebrate the story of the apostles receiving the Holy Spirit, and then I'm going to be sharing a couple of thoughts on how we can still see the relevance, importance, and effects of this story in our lives today. So we're going to have a reading in a second, but I thought it's always a good idea to have a bit of scene setting. Where are we? What's going on in the story? Where do we find ourselves? So this morning, we are celebrating the conclusion of the Easter story. So we find ourselves at the point where God's dramatic, awe-inspiring plan to justify humanity reaches a dramatic conclusion when Jesus suddenly ascends into heaven. But before he returns to the Father, he tells his apostles that they have to do that most horrifying thing of waiting. We must wait because they are to remain in Jerusalem because they are to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because the curtain is now torn. No longer are we separated from the love of God. No longer is the presence of God confined to the Holy of Holies. No, now we have the mind-bending privilege of being able to have the Spirit of Jesus come and live and work and rest in each of us personally with the promise that nothing will ever separate us from God's presence again. So that is where we find ourselves, and so we have our reading. But of course, as it's such a special Sunday, we can't just have an ordinary run-of-the-mill reading. So we are going to have a moment to try and transport ourselves back to that original day. We're going to try and get into the mind frame of what it was like for the apostles. So I'm going to need all of your help to help transport us back with a couple of sound effects. Does that sound all right? I know, it's all very exciting. So when I say the words, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. Could I have some storm effects? Could I have some storm sounds? Oh, yes, very good, very good, yes. Good, so it's like we're already nearly there, but wait, there's more. So, if you can also look out for when I say the word, some, however, made fun of them. Could I have some grumbling and booing? Some grumbling and booing. Oh, yes, some good grumbling and booing. And for the purposes of the recording of this talk, I have told everyone in the room that they can boo me. The talk isn't just going really badly, so that's all good. And we will have a third thing, but that's a surprise, so no spoilers. We'll get to that when we get to it. So let's start on our reading. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. 
When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one had heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty amazing. And as we've already seen this morning, We have many, many nations represented here at St. George's, so I thought it would be great to have a moment that we could do this for ourselves. So could I invite my wonderful volunteers who have been pre-prepped to come up to the front now? Wonderful volunteers. A round of applause for wonderful volunteers. Come up, come up, come up. So in a second, we are going to be able to declare together this phrase, God is powerful. But before we hear that, we're going to go down the line and each of my wonderful volunteers here, if you could say your name, introduce yourself quickly, then say what language you're going to be saying this in and then say that phrase for us. Would that be all right? Fiona, if you could kick us off. Hello, um, my name is Fiona, and I'm the intern for this church, so... Okay, uh, I'm saying the Mandarin, so it's um, the second one. It's Amazing. Hello everyone, I'm Ali, uh, I'm from Iran, uh, and I speak Farsi. Uh, so the uh, so the phrase is God is powerful in my language is Khoda Qodrat Pandas. Amazing. Hi, good morning. My name is Angela uh, from Nigeria, and I'll be speaking part of Nigeria Igbo. And God is powerful in Igbo means Chineke Dike, or God is powerful Chineke Dike. Praise God. Hi, I'm Chisa. I'm speak Japanese. Uh, Kami wa chikara ni michiteimasu. A little bit too long. Kami is God. Chikara is power. So kami wa chikara ni michiteimasu. Amazing. Thank you so much. We are now, oh yeah, a very good round of applause. Isn't that amazing? So, seeing as how we've just heard this spoken, we're now going to have a moment to say it all together as one. So I'm going to count down from three. I'll go three, two, one, and then we can all say together that phrase, God is powerful. And please, I would invite you to say it in whatever language you want, whether that is one of the languages that we have on the screen there, whether it's English or whether it's just a language that you have picked up somewhere from your travels across life. Are we all ready? So after three... All at once, say God is powerful. So three, two, one, God is powerful. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So after all that excitement, let's return to our reading. So amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them. Oh, yes. 
Yes, there's our booing and grumbling, and said they have had too much wine. But then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, as we unpack this passage together this morning, I'm going to be pulling out two key themes for us to focus on. And the first one of those themes is that the Holy Spirit is a gift which is there to be enjoyed, celebrated, and used. Because I love the fact that Jesus himself refers to the Holy Spirit as a gift. Now, I don't know about anyone else here, but I rather like receiving gifts. You know, if you get given a good gift, you feel really seen. You feel loved, especially if you can tell if that person has put real thought and care into that gift. And even better, if you can tell that that person clearly doesn't want anything in return. Because, you know, we all have those friends, right? We all have those friends who are like sidle up to us with like a box of, say, like chocolate fingers or so. Oh, oh, hello, Maria. Oh, oh, what's this? Oh, it's a, it's a pack of chocolate. What, what are the chances? What are the chances? Well, that's very kind of you. And, and so I've got my, my gift, my box of chocolate fingers. And then suddenly I look on it and it's got a little note that says, can you lead my small group at youth night on Wednesday? Thanks in advance, Maria. <laughs> Now suddenly, suddenly, my, my box of chocolate fingers, it doesn't feel quite as, as, as sincere, shall we say, from Maria, because it feels like she's just giving this to me for something in return. Now I should say that Maria would never do something like that, and between you and me, that was a pre-organized routine. <laughs> but I do think that it rather well demonstrates the fact that the intentions behind a gift really does matter. But I do think it's quite an interesting question to kind of think about what are the reasons that go into making a gift really special for someone. Now, when I'm thinking about this question, my mind often goes to a material gift. And one of my top answers to this question is that when I was a kid at Christmas, one Christmas, my parents bought me the Lego Harry Potter Hogwarts Castle. Here it is in all of its glory. I know, I know, it's pretty exciting. It was very exciting for me as probably an 11-year-old child. It was very exciting. I spent many days building it. I'd, it, was, it was what I really wanted. And for me, it really just showed how generous my parents were and also how lucky I was to be able to receive this gift for 
Christmas. Now, also, you could say that perhaps the fact that I rate this gift still so highly to this day maybe does show a bit too much about how much I've grown up since then, but we'll move swiftly on. We'll move swiftly on because, interestingly, of course, a gift doesn't just have to be a thing. I wonder if any of your answers to the question was actually the best gift I've ever received is someone offering help in a time of need or offering to do something that you really don't want to do yourself or maybe even a holiday to go and spend more time with family or loved ones. And therein lies the importance of that question of why. Why is a gift so special? Because in its kind of purest essence, a gift is designed to unselfishly bring joy into another person's life. In other words, a gift is there to be celebrated and enjoyed by the person that you give it to. So, as we remember Pentecost, I find it helpful to look at it as just this. Today, we are celebrating the fact that we have received the best gift that has ever and will ever be given. We have a God who is deeply in tune with the needs of his creation. He knows how much we need him. He knows that in Jesus' absence, we still need him as close as possible because humans can only go so far. So this is why we have God's Spirit to come and live and work in each of us to be as close as possible. In John's Gospel, he uses a Greek word, paraclete. Can we all say that together? Three, two, one, paraclete. Yeah, it's nothing like a bit of ancient Greek to keep the mind ticking over on a Sunday morning. It's all very exciting, I did tell you. But this word he uses to describe the Holy Spirit. And it's an interesting one because actually we don't have a kind of solid translation of this word. So it often gets translated into a bunch of different things, including advocate, counsellor, encourager, and comforter. And actually, in a weird way, I find this quite helpful, as this are all of the things that the Spirit is to us. He is a close personal friend, a champion, if you like, who will cheer us on when we are at our heights, but also comfort us when we are at our lowest. But crucially, the Spirit also gives us power. And just like any other gift, this power is supposed to be used. As Paul reminds us, this is the very same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. So this power is supposed to be used. Take my box of chocolate fingers, for instance. If someone gave me a pack of chocolate fingers, there's no use of me leaving this in my cupboard at home to go off. Because if someone presented me with this, I will eat them because chocolate fingers are nice and they're very tasty. So in a very odd way, that leads us to our second theme of the morning, which is how does the Holy Spirit work in our lives? We've heard and we know that the Holy Spirit is a gift that is there to be celebrated, enjoyed and used. But how exactly do we use that gift? Let's go through three examples from the passage we've just read together to tell us. So first, as we've already touched on this morning, the Spirit helps us to worship God. 
We have the disciples and the apostles speaking in loads of different languages and declaring the wonders of God, and this is really noticed by those around them. And this clearly then shows the fact that this is part of us being able to celebrate this gift, but also it is there to show everyone around us that this is a universal gift that is there for everyone to enjoy. This is clearly reflected as we've already celebrated this morning at St. George's. We've heard just a couple of examples of the many nations represented here at this church. So to celebrate this, let's again do our phrase of God is powerful. Again, any language you want. After three, three, two, one. God is powerful. Amazing. So we have our first way the Spirit can be used in our lives. It helps us worship God. Second, the Spirit empowers the church. So we see this in our reading when Peter comes with his response. He says that the Spirit will guide the Lord's servants to prophesy, to dream dreams, and to see visions. And as my previous point highlights, actually this is a gift that is meant for all people. And actually Jesus calls the church to spread this good news to all nations and all corners of the earth. So just a a tiny little task that Jesus sets us. But the Spirit is there to pour out and to give us gifts in order to help us accomplish these works. And these are talked about by Paul in 1 Corinthians, and he lists a number of them which shall appear now behind me. And I'd just encourage you just for a second to just reflect on the gifts that we have listed here. This is all, all of these gifts are all part of the wider gift of the Spirit and are there to equip us in order to share the good news so that, as Peter says in verse 21, everyone who hears and calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So the Spirit helps us to worship God. The Spirit empowers the church. And then finally, the Spirit leads people to repent and believe. As we allow the Spirit to work in our lives and equip us with these gifts, we are then called to share the good news of Jesus, firm in the belief that he will then lead people to turn away from their old lives and follow Jesus. This is the work of the Spirit, and it's brilliantly summed up in verses 38 to 39 of Acts 2. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and all who are far out, all who the Lord will call. For me, what stands out more than anything from Acts 2 is that this is a gift for everyone. This is not a gift that is meant to be hoarded for ourselves. No, this is a gift to be shared. 
All of those peoples and places named at the start of the passage are there for a clear reason. Whoever you are, you are represented, you are seen, and you are wanted to be known by the Lord. This is the picture that we have of the church, and we have the true joy and privilege of partnering with the Holy Spirit to spread the good news of Jesus, knowing that he will turn many to turn from their old lives and repent, believe, and follow him. So as I finish this morning, I'd love to finish with an encouragement that this is a gift to be celebrated, enjoyed, and used so that every person from every nation across the world can too hear this good news and then themselves celebrate, enjoy, and use this gift. Thank you for listening to the St. George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.